podcaster. I hardly know her. <laughs> uh, hey guys, my name is Megan Bryant, and this is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. I'm an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids. I'm a comedian, an improv trainer, and an award-winning author. As I've been going through life, I've learned how much I love to share my stories, listen to others share their stories, and find connections of cool people doing cool things all around me every day. This is a podcast where I'm going to be all over the board. Personal growth, professional strategies, and my perspective and experiences on a lot of different topics. So join me, Megan Bryant, and let's keep in mind that we don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Every time I'm about ready to re- record a podcast, it like I have in my mind like, oh, I think I know what I'm going to say, and there's these certain bullet points that I I want to touch on, and uh, without fail, something else always comes up. Some some train of thought leads to another destination, and I think it's really interesting. So this one did not go where I thought it would, even though I was super convinced that I had these certain stories I wanted to share. And I sat down at my desk today in my home alone, and I closed my eyes while I was recording this episode. And I just really tried to let my brain go wherever it needed to. And there was a couple of points in time where I heard my mouth saying words that I needed to hear and feeling certain feelings that I couldn't actually probably put into words if I were to try to explain them. And I think that's the power of storytelling. And so I had a fun um, little moment with with recording this. And even though I sort of hesitated and thought, eh, maybe I won't post this one. Um, maybe this one was just for me. Instead, I'm going to just lean into it and put it out there and and trust that this is the process, especially being new to podcasting still, uh, just putting the content out. I'm still really trying to get comfortable with my own voice and telling stories in this medium. And uh, so here we go. I hope that you enjoy it. And if you have been enjoying my podcast, uh, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time. It is so awesome to think about people um, being, being willing and interested to listen. And so if you have been enjoying it, I would love for your subscription on whichever platform you are streaming. And if you have an extra couple of minutes or want to make a couple of minutes um, in your day to leave a review, I would be so grateful for that. Um, it is a real joy and a blessing. Um, makes me smile all the time that a big part of my career is to tell stories and to share stories and to hear other people's stories. And I am just grateful every day for that. So thank you for popping by and I hope that you like this episode. When I was in my early 20s, I had a volunteer role at church and it was to teach the Sunday lessons to um, the girls that were ages 12 and 13 and they were called the beehives. Um, That was the age group in the Mormon church. And so when I was teaching those lessons, I always tried to make them really fun and uh, memorable and had lots of, um, like I would include music or little videos or um, what are they called? You know, um, object lessons and things like that to try to drive home these messages, right? And I remember how repetitive everything felt. And I, even as I was teaching lessons that I had grown up listening to, I would feel like, man, we're always hearing the same lessons. We're learning 
about the law of chastity and the word of wisdom and da 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 and um and consequences and how to pray and how to be righteous on the sabbath or whatever it was and every time i heard the lessons as a young person i always thought man we're hearing this all the time oh this again and it finally started to occur to me Thankfully, at kind of a younger age, I think early 20s is, is not too bad to start realizing some trends. And I was teaching one Sunday, and the week prior, I had played this really goofy little sound bite from a show called Space Ghost that I used to watch. And in it was a character named Brack. And he used to do these funny little clips where, like, one of them he was saying, he was talking about what happens if he's had too much coffee. He's like, this is why I can't have coffee because it just makes me feel all, this is me on coffee. Like, he just goes off for, like, 30 or 45 seconds. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, and then it's so good. It's the energy. He's just this crazy, weird character with a little bit of a, slurred speech and and whatever and I had used that clip to just kind of be goofy about the word of wisdom which is a lesson in health really um, that we follow in the LDS church and even though it is a wide scope of health and all things in moderation a lot of times people just hone in on the things we can't do Uh, and and the uh, updated interpretations of things um of not having alcohol and not having coffee or hot drinks, as it's called in the, the official documents. Anyway, and I thought, just thought it was funny. And so I played this video, or uh, this clip, and then the next week I said, hey, who can tell me what we talked about last week? And no one could remember. It was a group of eight to ten girls. Nobody could remember for sure what we talked about. And I gave them a few minutes and I told them um, some like reminders of like I played a little sound bite. Does anyone remember the silly guy? What he was talking about? And it still was kind of like blank stares. And so then I was like, okay, it was about the word of wisdom. And remember, I played you the little funny video about caffeine and how um, it can have that reaction <laughs> on our bodies um, and having just really any type of a a stimulant in our system or whatever. Oh yeah. They all say, yes, they remembered. Okay. Because every time, every week when I was teaching a lesson, I'd get those looks like this again. And it's like, well, why do we have to have these lessons again? And oftentimes I've learned it's because we have to keep hearing things until we finally get it. Sometimes we have to hear things said a different way or see it in action in a way that finally clicks. A certain lesson might finally click when it's been like the 12th or 30th time we've heard it and then go, oh, that's what that means. And for me, a lot of it was um, when a certain experience would finally change the lens that I was personally seeing it through. Like no doubt when I was young and I was learning about the law of chastity, which is treating our bodies as temples and um, being mindful of sexual things and um, not having sex until marriage and and all these different things that are outlined um, very, whatever, 
sort of specifically, but also not very descriptively. And I always just thought, eh, none of this really applies to me. And then when I ended up being pregnant out of wedlock as a young teenager, I not only realized um, how important some of those lessons are, but maybe more importantly, I realized that now that I had become um, a statistic or a a, neg- a negative um, experience that was associated with it, then I realized that I wasn't a bad person, even though I made decisions that got me into kind of sticky situations. And it it really made it so my judgment on others making their own choices started to fade away a lot a long time ago I, I've seen that in a lot of different ways over the years because uh, you know that, that wasn't the first and only poor decision I made um, in life and then as I navigate though and I experience things and I see how they make me feel um, I start to realize that I still want to be loved and I still want to be treated with respect and have value and um and there's been times that I thought I was worthless because of um the way that I felt either because of a circumstance that I got myself into or because of the way someone else made me feel and it just has allowed me to remove that judgment and to be forgiving quickly of myself and others and to just assume the best of others and really wish the best. Um, the Kind of the reason I wanted to tee it up that way, the thing I really wanted to talk about um, today is just that lately, the past, you know, especially the past year to 18 months, uh, people have really been like, wow, you look so happy. You look so good. And I feel good. The difference is that I have really been active in cleaning up the clutter that was inside my own head, doing a really full-on mental overhaul, using tools that I'm so grateful that I have with inviting humor and comedy into my life on the regular, applying the simple skills of improv with yes and to accept and acknowledge my space every day, every moment sometimes. Yes, this is where I am. Yes, this is the thing I have to do today. Yes, this is the trial I have to face. Whatever the thing is, the quicker I've been able to accept it and look for the way to move forward, I just get through things quicker um, and with less downtime of feeling like I'm in a funk or in a fog because going through hard stuff can be really difficult and it can feel really heavy and like it's only happening to us and even if we know that we're not the only ones going through it it still feels heavy and very difficult when we go through challenges and and I really am a very happy person and really had been optimistic and as long, you know, that's just my nature. As long as I can remember, as far back as I can remember, I've just been a pretty cheerful, uh, bubbly, optimistic person. And I really got run down for a while, for a handful of years, a pretty big handful of years for various reasons. And some of it was self-inflicted and some of it 
um, was not. And I'm recognizing a lot of the things like when we're making bad choices and we're looking for an escape from our reality, um, that that is a dangerous cycle that cannot be broken until things inside, inside our hearts and minds are explored and allowed to heal. Um, and so when I think about people saying how good I look right now, um, I remember thinking that I would see people after they got a divorce and then they'd be, they'd look so different. They'd lose a bunch of weight. Their hair was different. They just looked full of life. And at the time, this is years ago, when I did not recognize how much I was struggling, I was very much struggling. I did not realize it. I did not understand yet at that time that my reality was really polarizing inside me because I wanted to be really happy. I felt very happy. And yet there were certain things in my life that just were not clicking. I felt inadequate. I felt sadness. Um, I felt a little bit of uh, like I was a fraud because I would post things on social media that I really wished were true. And they kind of were like on the outside. It's like, look at how great this is and how much I really wanted to feel success in a variety of ways and, and knowing that I was really struggling. And so when I would see that back then, I would see these people just suddenly looking great and they were getting a grip on their physical health. They're working out. They're just really beaming and radiating happiness. And I would think, maybe if you did that when you're still married, you wouldn't have had to get divorced. Like when you're all frumpy and whatever, and I'm totally speaking from my own experience because the last several years of my life before I ended up getting a divorce, I was having several babies back to back. I had my hair dyed all sorts of different colors. I was fluctuating very drastically in weight and the types of clothes I could wear, sizes that I was fitting into. Uh, Emotionally, I was drained. I was confused and conflicted. I knew who I wanted to be all the time and I was feeling like I was not able to really be true to myself. And I was in a really, really uh, um, upsetting headspace for quite a while there and I didn't know how to get out of it. And it was scary. It was um, lonely. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I was a terrible wife. I felt like nothing I did was right. I felt like it was bleeding over into my ability to be a good mom. I hated who I saw in the mirror. I just, I just was so sad. And I knew deep inside how much I needed the joy and I needed the the funny. I knew if I could somehow survive it, then um, then everything might be okay. And I, but I couldn't get a grip on it. I I wanted to try to work out. I wanted to try to look vivacious and beautiful. And I wanted my golden hair back. And I wanted to be so um, beautiful again on the outside, so that I f- could feel like I was good enough in my own home and um and there was some unhealthy things happening in a lot of in a lot of different ways <laughs> being kind of vague i just know that i i couldn't i struggled to get out of bed i struggled to do anything other than the the bare minimum i needed to keep my children happy and entertained and uh, you know going days without 
showers myself and just feeling gross and miserable in my own skin and it was scary I didn't know how to turn it around I didn't know what what to do to make those changes and uh, it was only after I became very real with myself and listening to my wonderful friends um, the conversations I was continuing to have with them in these cycles year after year and and I finally was sick of hearing myself talk about these things that were not changing in my personal life. They were not changing and I was not feeling the ability to excel in my career ambitions, my performance ambitions, because I was so lost and frustrated inside my own self. And so just like when I was young and I was hearing lessons at church, um, and being like, man, this is repetitive, blah, 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 like, let's move forward. It wasn't until I really understood the lesson that I needed and how it applied to me that I could go, oh, now I get it and really activate it as a part of my life. And the same was true with just how my life was. I wished more than anything that joy and happiness for both of us, both me and my ex, could have been found in marriage. I absolutely, if you are married, when I was married, I I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. Like trying your best um, to try every different approach you can think of um, and see if you can save the marriage. I am a huge advocate for that. I absolutely wanted it to work out and I wanted us to both be happy. I wanted to feel confident in myself and I wanted him to feel confident in who he was and I wanted so desperately for that to happen together and when I had to finally face it that that was not possible I had to break the cycle of listening to my own things and I was learning these lessons over and over and over sometimes repeating very poor choices with how I took care of my body how I invited certain things into my life that were negative, um, other relationships, other um, things that I was using my time with that were not productive, and crashing and burning more than once. And not wanting to do that again is when I finally recognized that I was learning those lessons and that I could make a change. And so... Then if, you know, fast forwarding to present day, I can tell as soon as something starts to not feel right, like I can't be at my best, um, then I just have my, my, um, my standards really high for myself of how I want to live my life, choices I want to make that will hopefully not be negatively impacting for me, um, and certainly stuff that I, I don't want to put negativity into the world. I do everything possible to avoid hurting other people. I have just learned how to love and respect myself in a way that allows me to really see people for the individual they are and wanting other people to be happy and feel okay who they are as well. And so just, um, that's the biggest thing that for me has been a, a huge breakthrough in recognizing that we are going to keep hearing lessons or experiencing lessons 
or feeling ourselves being stuck in a cycle. And we are the only ones that get to pull ourselves out of that. We can have people there that support us. Absolutely. I have amazing friends and family, men and women and all different ages and different um, areas in my life, comedy friends that I perform with, people in my church still, even though I don't go anymore. My own, my own family, thankfully, has just been so loving and supporting um, when I keep crashing and burning in different ways in life. And... Um, and they were and they were there that's the amazing thing and i know some people have to do a whole full on reboot of life and they don't have immediate support and i like to think though that i have has such a a solid support system because i am so dedicated to trying to support and love others and meet them where they are at too and by making it a safe place for others to be in my space, I think it just becomes this reciprocal, beautiful thing to help each other get through trials and keep pushing that forward. Um, I just re- recorded a podcast, a, a, a swap cast with a new friend of mine um, where we talk a little bit about that with serving others and paying it forward really and having this reciprocity of allowing other people to serve us and looking for opportunities to serve others around us. And so when I think about um, how people are just saying, you look so good, and that's such a great compliment to be getting, and I feel good, it's because I really, really, really spend a lot of time and daily effort to be positive in my own mind, to catch when I'm being critical of myself or of situations I'm in or of other people that make me mad, Um, to really catch those things as quick as possible and actively engage myself in a way that shifts to something more positive and to treat my body with respect by feeding it better when I can make a better choice and by not being mean to myself if I eat something that I want to eat that's crap, um, I do get up and move every day. I don't have an amazing fitness cycle. Um, I just make sure that I move every day. Sometimes that's really easy as a mom to be able to, you know, run around and wrestle and all that. Even when I'm alone, I, I look for opportunities to go for a walk or to just step away from my desk for a few minutes and do some push-ups and jumping jacks and crunches and just get, get my blood flowing. And I really do feel like it's a wonderful thing to admit when we can make changes for the better and be accountable to ourselves for doing better once we know better. And I, I love it. I love being able to look at pictures of myself and seeing genuine happiness again. It's kind of always been there. I knew that it was tucked deep down inside and I kind of had to bench it while I needed to navigate some things and make hard choices and 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 recognizing that I still had to be the one to do it. Nobody else was going to be able to make me happy um except for me and and also knowing that I couldn't make anyone else I, you know I can't make other people happy. I can make people laugh and feel joy for a few minutes, which I think is different um and why I love comedy. I just recognize that I was not capable of 
forcing happiness into the situation where it just was not possible anymore. And so my ability to move forward and find um, a, a, a recalibration of my own internal compass of joy um, has just shifted and allowed for me to really genuinely want specifically my ex, but anybody that I've come in contact with and people I don't even know, the billions of people that live on the planet, I genuinely want people to feel happiness, to be proud of their unique talents, to know that they're okay, to feel like if you're going to have a bad day, like let yourself have a bad day. It's going to be okay. I really genuinely want that for others. And it's so freeing um, to feel that way, to finally be so um, excited to be where I'm at that I really want that joy to spill over to everyone else. Um, And so, yeah, being a divorced 38-year-old single mom doing doing all this stuff. Some days are really hard and scary and I do have my guard up a little bit with personal relationships while understanding that there's no harm in really going all in and giving love freely and finding out quickly what is going to be a good fit for me for the long term and recognizing that there's lessons every step of the way. Um, and so even though my guard is up a little bit, I recognize how much, um, I still want to live really, really fully in every moment and allow those opportunities to, um, really be very, very Megan and unapologetic about it and see how it does draw the right types of people into my personal space. So you are enough. You're more than enough. You are awesome and unique and some of the things that you might list off as stuff that you think is weird about you, like look at that as those are the things that make you, you. It's so cool um, how different we are because underneath it all, we're looking for those same things, those, those feelings that we're okay and that everything is going to be okay and that we don't have to try to be something that we're not. The more we can just embrace who we are, the more it will just show in a natural smile on our face that we are happy to be who we are and where we are. And if it takes a while to learn lessons, it's all good. Like keep, keep at it. And then once you finally recognize how you get to be better and enhance yourself in a positive way, just jump on it and own it and I think you'll be delighted as I have been to see that that growth um, is a door for potential for very comfortable wide open honest trusting relationships um, with people that I interact with and and you'll find that being accepted for who you are is pretty much the happiest feeling you could ever have Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. Follow all my shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. And remember, we don't have to be a big deal to do big things.